This episode contains mental images about body hair, which you may not want to associate with me. You have been warned. There's also some strong language and discussions about sex. I think that's sounding pretty good. I think the levels are pretty good. Are you recording right now? Uh, yeah, just whilst I get the levels. So this is fluff? This is fluff. I'm just going Are you fluffing me or am I fluffing you? <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm in Seattle, Washington, setting of my all-time favorite sitcom, Frasier. The coffee is brewed, the sherry is chilled, and I have a table waiting at Le Cigar Volant. This is Off the Beaten Jack. Take the next couple of minutes, folks, to uh, double check. Make sure you gather up everything you brought on board with you. We hope to see you again in the future. Welcome to Seattle. So I've been walking around for about an hour. And I have to say, I'm kind of underwhelmed. And it might be to do with the climate. I think it feels very familiar to me. It feels very English. It's overcast, gray. Not too cold, not too warm. And I just want to change from that. That's why I left. (laughs) But I think more than that, it's that walking around downtown of an American city, it just feels very samey wherever you are. There's lots of glass, lots of skyscrapers. And you could be anywhere. You could be in Boston, Chicago, LA, Seattle. Hell, you could even be in London, down in Canary Wharf. And it's just reinforced my opinion that the charm of America is in the small towns and the small cities. And when you walk down Main Street in those places, it just feels more unique and feels more American. There's more of the kind of neon signs in old bars and unchanged coffee shops and just things that are more characterful and feel more recognisably American, I suppose. And now I can expect thousands of angry emails (laughs) saying, I think you'll find actually Seattle's very unique. I was on the water taxi crossing Elliott Bay from downtown to West Seattle, where I had arranged to couch surf with my next host. But if I thought my stay was going to be trips to the opera and fine French dining, I was in for a shock. Because my next host was head to toe, naked. Lance. Jack. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to my home. Thank you for having me. Um, Elephant in the room. Elephant trunk in the room. We're both stark bollocks naked. We are. We are. Yes, we are naked. But you compared it to an elephant and now I feel really insecure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So on your profile, you mentioned that you occasionally wander around. In a nude? Sure, why not? I'm home. Would you identify as a nudist or is that 
I wouldn't technically identify as a nudist. I have no problem with nudity, whether it's me or somebody else. Um, it's natural. It's just um, being comfortable in your own environment, your own space, or with others that are also comfortable with it. Hmm. Are there preconceptions, do you think, that come with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, in the Western world, when you're dealing with nudity, people think it has to do with sex. You can't just be nude and sitting in a room with a bunch of nude people because it's going to inevitably turn into a, an orgy. Now, can it? Sure. But that's not the premise. That's really not what it's about. Hmm. You know, the, the thing about nudity, about human nature, Western mentality is that sex is dirty. Sex, you know, should only happen between people who love each other. And we know that doesn't, that's not true. Well, it, it is true, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean. So yeah, we've, we've taken something natural and vilified it unnecessarily. And a little known fact, nudity is not illegal in Seattle. Unless I'm doing something lewd or obscene, walking around erect would constitute nude or obscene. But if I'm just naked, taking a stroll, they would probably stop me, the police that is, and inquire if I have mental health issues and send me on my way. Maybe give me a blanket. <laughs> but I don't have to take that blanket because I'm not breaking any laws. Interesting. Yeah. I was saying it felt kind of fitting that I should stumble on you because in the first episode, I was talking to my mom and we were talking about couch surfing and we were talking about staying with nudists. And so when I saw you, I actually thought this is a perfect opportunity for me to go beyond just making it a punchline beyond, oh, that would be a funny thing to do. I'm not going to do that. To, yes, I should totally do that. Mm -hmm. So the ultimate question is, are you going to tell your mom? I already have. You told her you were going to get naked? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Even before you knew you were going to do it? I can't remember how I phrased it, but... She'll probably look it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she'll listen to it. But no, I said um, you had hundreds of glowing references. And the fact that you might wander around naked every now and then is kind of beside the point because I've only ever had one experience couch surfing which didn't feel okay and felt a bit unsafe. And it was with someone that was fully clothed. So the fact whether you're naked or not is kind of pointless to me. It is pointless. But also you do have to take some common sense um, and use that also when you're surfing and picking out a host. And if they do mention nudity and you read reviews and look at the reviews and look at not only the positive but the negative and read between the lines. Because unfortunately, there are a lot of people who don't want to write a bad reference for somebody for whatever reason. And I mean, granted, yes, there are two sides to every story. But, a, you know, someone who has a profile out there that, you know, claims to be a nudist. And there's a lot of hidden innuendo or request of, oh, we must share a bed or we must do this, or you have to be naked, or you have to relax with a drink or smoke some weed or something like that. In my personal opinion, those are flags that people should watch out for. I don't make any of those requests. 
You want to be naked? Get naked. You want to stay dressed? Stay dressed? I don't care. It makes no difference to me. But use common sense. That's mm. all. And that goes for all of couch surfing. Yeah, exactly. Um, Go with your instinct. Instinct. Read between the lines. Sure. Sure. And I think never put yourself in a situation where you're desperate and you, you have to stay with this person or otherwise you're on the streets. Yeah. And well, that's, I think, where some really young surfers or if you're a penniless student, you can sometimes end up in that situation because you don't have a back backup or you can't afford to go to a hostel or whatever it is. Yeah, that's what they think. But you know what? If you went to a fire station or a police station or anything of that nature, that's true. they're going to help you. Mm. Go to a hospital. Mm. They're going to help you. This is funny. I've never done a naked a naked interview before. Well, you came out of your box and out of your shell. Out of my boxes. Out of your boxers and, <laughs> and everything else. And here you are. And how do you feel? I actually feel fine. I mean, I said I've never done a naked interview. I don't think I've actually ever just hung out naked in a living room before. How does it feel? Yeah, it feels fine. Weird. The thing I think I was most self-conscious about actually was like, oh, I haven't manscaped south of the equator Actually, that's not true. I have because I went on a date a couple of weeks ago. You shouldn't manscape anyway. Well, I don't know. I feel like it's a happy balance. You don't want to over trim, but you don't want to go full 70s bush. Although the 70s have come back full circle now if you look at fashion. So maybe you should. Maybe. Uh, the, one of the biggest things that men have to worry about or they are concerned about is the fact that they may get erect. And especially a heterosexual person. All right. Because he will think, oh, what happens if I get erect? And I'm around a bunch of other dudes. Does that make me gay? Maybe. Depends. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do with that erection? (laughs) So, but even if you did something with it, it doesn't make you gay. There is a thing called bicurious and bisexual. They do exist. How, I mean, has this always been part of your life? How long have you... Wandered around nude at home. Forever. But I've made it more public, per se. I mean, it's a public profile. So I'm going to be comfortable in my own home. I'm not going to alter my lifestyle to host somebody. If they don't like it, they don't have to stay. That that sounds kind of mean, maybe. You know, for all you sensitive folks out there. You can say no. Hmm. If you're uncomfortable, then find another host or get a hostel or stay in a hotel. And talking to sensitive people, you're not a fan of uh, cancel culture. No, I'm not a fan Um, of cancel culture. Cancel culture is a pain in the ass. They're part of the problem, not the solution, regardless of what they think. And I would love to follow them around 24 hours a day. And catch them making a faux pas or slipping up and screwing up and using the wrong pronoun or inadvertently using the wrong word. We're human people. We're flawed. We're going to make mistakes. And as much as we try to do the right thing, majority of us, not all of us, we're still going to slip up. And it's not intentional. We're not trying to be malice. We're not trying to be hurtful. We're just human. And I get it. People want to identify however they want to identify now. And Okay, great. But Jiminy Crickets, give us time to adjust. We, we just can't do it overnight. Because for most of us, like myself, and I'm just speaking for myself, 
is I want to be educated on it. I need to understand why. And some people think, oh, because you identify as a bi or gay, you should, you should know. No, that's absolutely not true. There's a learning curve. <laughs> you know, we all didn't just pop out of the womb saying, okay, I'm going to be a welder. I can be a pilot. You know, I know all these things. Let me just, you know, I can be a fireman. We have to learn and we have to be educated. And that way we can go forward and make the right choice when we speak. If you're a 70 year old man or an 80 year old man and you're sitting in a bar and you're, you know, talking about, you know, um, stewardesses <laughs> and not using the term flight attendant. Okay. I can see you being a little upset, but then again, take into consideration when that person grew up. Hmm. And in the last 10 years, all these new terms have kind of sort of popped up and we are really really, really doing our best to keep up. Give us the benefit of the doubt. That's all. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt too. You give me a look. I'm just giving you a look. In fact, whilst we're on this, you've commented on my eye contact. Yes. You say that I give too much eye contact. And There's I've, a lot of eye contact. And I've, I've heard this before. It's almost kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just toss it out there. They're almost like fuck me eyes. Right. Right. <laughs> so, Jack, would you like to explain the fuck me eyes? Um, I don't think I can explain the fuck me eyes. They've certainly landed me, not in hot water before, but I've certainly had people, both men and women, think I'm coming onto them when I am not. Mm. I think it's something that I may be learn to get better at doing because I think there was a time when I was probably a little awkward or a little insecure and to overcome that maybe you just have to kind of focus on you know making connections with, with people more and maybe maybe it just went too far <laughs> hmm. that's some armchair psychology don't know if that's true or not but but it's interesting that you hold a lot of eye contact for a person who claims to be a pleaser because typically pleasers tend to be more submissive or passive. And strong eye contact is more of an aggressive thing. I don't know. It can uh, be a good thing and a bad thing, I guess. Because it has sometimes led to misunderstandings. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side is that, you know, I think there's all, I've also ended up in situations where I might get talking to someone in a crowded street. Because mm -hmm. I made eye contact with them and then all of a sudden I'm talking to a pretty girl that was just walking past. But because somehow we locked eyes, mm -hmm. it kind of worked in my favor. So I don't know. But now you've got me self-conscious. I feel like I kind of have to dart around every now and then. Mm -hmm. You should. But why are you self-conscious? What's making you self-conscious? Well, no, you just, you know, you, you pointed it out. Yeah. So you think, oh, maybe there's something wrong with it. Like if you said. No, I, I didn't say there's anything wrong with it. It's just unusual. Right. But if someone points out, I don't know, your hair, then you'll probably like adjust it because you're thinking about it now. Well, I don't have a whole lot to adjust, but <laughs> so I don't really give it much thought. Hmm. Let's see what else I've got on my, uh, on my list of questions that I jotted down when I was getting undressed in the bathroom. So you were able to jot down like a hundred questions because you've asked me like 90. Have I? Well, a lot of these weren't written down. They just came up as we were chatting. Nothing's come up, Jack. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I've covered most of it. Oh, cooking naked. Surely you don't do that. Of course I do. Why wouldn't I? Oil splatters. That's got to be really painful. Things happen. It happens. That's a painful mistake. Yeah. Whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing it. It has, uh, it's been fun. Hmm. And you've been gracious. You've been a great guest. And I've enjoyed our conversations, our laughs, the banter. It's all in fun. And, uh, yeah, it's been great meeting you. I sat on the train leaving Seattle, reflecting on how it felt to strip off in front of someone I barely knew. And what struck me was how quickly I forgot I was naked. I don't know what I was expecting to feel, awkwardness, embarrassment, liberation, but in the end I was hardly conscious of it at all. Perhaps, as Lance had said, because it's ultimately natural. And whilst it wasn't something I felt the need to repeat, it was another new experience under my belt, even if I had no trousers to hold up. Off the Beaten Jack is produced and presented by me, Jack Boswell. This week's episode was recorded in Seattle with special thanks to Lance. Theme music by Simon Boswell with additional music by the Caffeine Creek Band, courtesy of Pixabay. New episodes are recorded and released en route, so please rate, review and subscribe if you're enjoying the series. Thanks for listening. Thank you.